Hello, welcome to Sumo Mainichi. We are back and isn't there amazing news at the moment in <laughs> Sumo? I'm Amy, I'm here with Dave as usual um, and our cat Yuki, although we have locked her down the other end of the house because she was meowing very loudly. As soon as we get set up to start recording a podcast, she starts meowing so loud outside the door, so back of the house for her. Absolutely. We're from Melbourne, Australia and we're going to attempt to distill some of this sumo news. We know that probably in a couple of hours, everything we say is going to be obsolete because there has been so much news breaking. But uh, yeah, we're going to try and get through some of it for you today. Before we dive headlong into the depressing sea of news that we've got for you, We've got a very special interview coming up. Yeah, we wanted to speak for a while now to uh, to Murray Johnson from the NHK, from the English Language Commentary. He's an Australian like us. There have been some really uh, standout Australians in sumo broadcasting. Oh, apart from us. Our, well, mostly uh, us. Mostly us, yeah. Mostly. We're up the top, of course, and then <laughs> comes Murray. We didn't say that to him, but... Uh, he knew. He knew, he knew. Uh, so, yeah, we speak to him and, boy, does he drop a couple of truth bombs. Well, he's a straight shooter, this guy. Guy. And, you know, we know that from hearing his commentary, but what an honour to talk to him. And we're really looking forward to bringing you that interview later on in the episode. Let's go Sumo News. All right. Well, um, obviously, it's some big news that came out yesterday. We're, we're basically waiting to see, number one, if there will be a basho. We were waiting to see that. There, there will be one, it's pretty yes. sure, um, whether or not that's a good idea. Uh, and we're waiting to see who's going to compete in it. So yeah. the news that we knew beforehand, uh, we heard this yesterday, was that Kakuryu is Kyujo. Just to be clear, though, the Kakuryu Kyujo isn't COVID-related. Yep. It is. No, COVID? it's not. No, it's not. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we never fully know, but I think he, he's not ready to participate in this basho. Yeah. He would have undergone the test that all of the other rikishi were, were doing and nothing's come out about that yet. So I think it's that he doesn't feel... Ready. And he definitely uh, understands what going Kyujo means, coming out and saying that if he can't perform in March, he will retire. Yeah, the Yokozuna Deliberation Committee, uh, depending, you know, it doesn't really matter how much power they hold, they have come out and said uh, that the, the Yokozuna are on thin ice and he knows that and he knows that he can't put in another bad performance again. So he said if he doesn't participate in March... If he's not ready in March, yeah. he's going to retire. He's going to go in tie. You know, I, I think it speaks to the severity of his injury. His body's older. It's It might, just might not recuperate in time. Yeah. And I wonder, he's uh, the other big factor in this, of course, um, since the November Basho is that he's got his Japanese citizenship. This is huge. He was really waiting for it. There was a, it was a bit up in the air whether he was going to get it in time before he retired. And now he has it. And I feel like he, he will be such an amazing... Um, coach and, and stable master that maybe he's just looking forward to that. We've spoken so much about the post-retirement smile. Yeah. And, you know, the weight that's lifted off their shoulders. Um. Kakuru actually has a beautiful smile. It's really cheeky. It's kind of one of those smiles that's almost like a grimace. But when he does it, you're just flooded with goodwill and by golly, we all need some of that. So we need some Kakuru smiles, please. So let's work backwards in the news. The other Yokozuna, Hakuho. Whoa confirmed as having coronavirus and was hospitalised. We think this was probably a precautionary move. Yeah. That wasn't that he was sick. I think they just wanted to make sure he was... I think in Japan too you're always taken to either a um, convalescing hotel or the, or hospital. I, I want to go to a convalescing hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think you want COVID though. So nah. we were away... Um, on a little trip last week because it's our, our summer holidays. We were sipping wine at a winery. We were out in the bush and just having a lovely cheese platter in a winery and just doing a little bit of scrolling. Just scroll, scroll, what's going on in the Twitter world and this hit. So we, we downed the rest of the cheese, always got to eat the cheese, and then, yeah, got on the internet and had a little bit of a look what what this would mean. Yeah. I mean, it's it's huge and it's – he. He seems to be okay. He got a loss of smell. He knew because it was a loss of smell and, and taste, I think. And obviously he hasn't got a whole lot of other symptoms, but, I mean, it's it's huge. It is huge. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, we were shocked when this came through. And I think this resonated through the sumo community as well. Yeah. I think when, you know, this guy at the top gets it, it suddenly becomes real and it becomes very, very important. Uh, the rest of his hair have been tested, as is every rikishi for this basho, but it appears as though 
the other ricochet from Mia Gino Bayer are not competing. Mm, I think it was just too close. So this was a case um, where where it was just too close to the basho to be careful. They tested them straight away, but we know that this thing has a, a long incubation period and they could come up and they may even have come up in this latest round of testing again yes. being positive. We don't know exactly who did, but we've heard that the rest of the, the uh, stable have been out. So that means Enho, Ishira, um, and so they're in Jurio this time around. And the other big one is, then there are some other guys, and then Hokuseiho, who had absolutely powered, rocketed his way up to Makushta 15 West um, and was due to break Jokori's record of the most wins after his debut in sumo. Huge tragedy, mm. I think. Um, everyone was looking at Enho, this basho, to see how he would go down at the lower rank. Uh, I've been enjoying Ishira's work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Hoku Seho is the one that I think is a great pity. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this young man treats this uh, bump in the road. Yeah. And it is, it's a real warning sign because all of those guys participated in the training, in the, in the Keiko training, Ishira, Enho and Hakuho. We didn't see Hoku Seho there. No, no but he I'm wouldn't sure because he's allowed. lower rank. Oh, no, he's in Makushita, so he could have oh, been. Oh, yeah, he might have been there. Um, but if... They had it then. Like, it just could take off like wildfire. Anyway, we won't get into that discussion. But um, it really does bring up some of the, the disasters that could happen if, yeah. um, if it really started to spread around. So I feel like we need to give you a bit of a, an update as far as the timeline goes. So the Torakumi for day one has just come out. And from this, um, people online have put together the ricochet that are missing. Oh, and a QJO list has been put out. Mm. So there's no official statement from the Sumo Association around, you know, the big t testing blitz that they did. But we do know that there are a lot of ricochet sidelined this basho. Should we jump into that now? Yeah, absolutely. Shall I go through everyone who yeah, is QJO? So we know Hakuho and Kakuryu, not COVID-related, Kakuryu. Then we have um, from the uh, Arashio Bayer, we have Wakataka Kage um, and Wakamoto Haru, who yeah. are in uh, Makuchi and Juria, respectively. I don't want to. I don't want to give a big uh, explanation about how tragic this is after each person, but no. let's just say this is a blanket tragedy. Well, this broke the news broke of this one on the thirty first of December. So this has been an issue for quite a while. We knew that this was going to happen. Uh, Eleven members of the um, Arashio stable tested positive back then. There's no word about their condition. We presume that they are in you know the hotel or the hospital. Um, there's no news of anything terrible. So uh, those guys are out. And then we have the Kokonoe Bear. So this was a surprise. We hadn't heard any news about COVID in, in this stable. This encompasses Chionokuni, Chiotairyu, Chioshoma, Chiomaru, Chiono O and Chio Otori and Chiono Umi. Wow. So that's yeah. in and, and we're not going lower than they haven't released names lower than Jurio. So there may yeah. be a whole chunk of uh, Makushita as well. Well, you would absolutely expect that given the amount of uh, Makuchi and Jurio Rikishi gone. Now, just to confirm, that list may include injury? It may. may but probably, yeah. Yeah, this this is a COVID thing you have to think because they're all of the secretory in that stable. And the same with Tomozuna Bea. So that's the other one. That's Kaisei. Kyoku Taisei and Kyoku Shuho, Kaisei and Makuchi, mm. the other two in Jurio. So we haven't heard anything around rank freezes, which we no. saw at the start of uh, the COVID outbreak. This is a lot of rikishi, though, to not turn up. Yeah, so originally uh, when the rikishi from Tamanoya Bear in September uh, were asked not to participate, were, were made to go QJ, they retained their ranks. Uh, so that was a Kiseyama... Um, some of the others, yeah. I can't remember the others. Uh, and their ranks were, were frozen. So, I mean, you could, this is so many, this is nine Jurio Rikishi yeah. and seven Makuchi. So wow. it really affects the um, the Torakumi and the rest of the Basho. Yeah, so I mean, on a normal day of a Basho, we, we would get 21 bouts at top division if everyone's there. And 
this basho we will have 18. If you're looking for a teeny tiny bit of good news, on December the 11th we heard that uh, from Tatsunami Bayer, 10 Rikishi tested positive, including Aqua, hit by a truck then gets COVID, Meisei and Hoshoryu um, from Makuyuchi, and they are all in the Torakumi. So yeah. that it looks like um, we don't know about whether Meisei or Hoshoryu got it. We didn't hear anything about that. We know Aqua did, but it looks like they've recovered. Yeah, and huge. it's huge and obviously past the testing that went on this time. So good to see that they're all better mm. and back and safe because we need Ricochet to turn up and fight each other. Well, this is going to be a very, very short podcast each day. It will be. Look, I mean, it does bring up a point I wanted to discuss. Uh, COVID-19 is a big problem in Japan at the moment, as it is in a lot of other countries. A state of emergency has just been declared. They have their own way of legislating around this and basically they can't force a lockdown with their laws. It's not um, available yeah. in their, their laws. And also if you think about mandating that everybody works from home in Tokyo, it's it's not always possible because they're in tiny little rooms. They don't have the infrastructure to do that necessarily. It's just it's a, it's a really big discussion. Yeah. And the question that comes out of it with rising cases is should they be holding this at all? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's been discussed at length online in uh, English sumo communities whether this basho should be happening or not, but there are a lot of factors at play. We've got the Tokyo Olympics later in the year. Um, I don't think they're going to want to push that back again. So in a way, demonstrating that they can have sporting events safely would be really important, not just for sumo, but for sports in Japan generally and internationally. You can't ignore the financial factor either. It's going to cost them a lot of money if they do uh, make the choice to cancel this basho. Yeah, well, so, we have heard that there's there's some debt, a lot of debt floating around, as there is with a lot of businesses. Everyone's yeah. really, really hard hit. Uh, they're relying on the ticket sales. They had already sold the tickets, which was interesting. So the caps on public events that have been brought in are 5,000 in total or half capacity. So the Sumo Foundation had already capped the tickets at 5,000 and they were looking to increase it from day three onwards. They were going to sell more, but they stopped that in time and they're just going to keep the 5,000 tickets. I wonder whether people will come as well. Do you think people will still come? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I think, you know, we're seeing this third wave in Japan, unprecedented numbers for them. I think at some point people are going to need to stop going out. Yeah, and it just the tricky thing about this virus is that it just takes one, you know, and then yeah. it's it's all over it. And so if they if anybody tests at any point, and this was the case back in March where when they cancelled it, and then in May when they chose to hold it, they hold it. They said if anything happens at any point, obviously we cancel it. But the stakes are higher now. But they haven't come out and said that this time around. I think that the the way they're going to handle it is to take individual cases as individual cases. I think if someone tested positive, they would cancel straight away. Yeah. I think well, they'd have to. Well, fingers crossed that everyone is safe. I know that they've put in um, a lot of restrictions around ricochet movement in mm. the stadium, around eating uh, arrangements and things like that, to try to keep everyone safe. And we have seen Ricochet wearing masks and sanitising multiple times oh. as they come in and out of the stadium. Please keep our boys healthy and everyone else um, to do with the sport as well and the and the spectators. We exactly. just want everyone to be healthy. We've um, we've got a very careful attitude towards COVID here in Australia and we're, we're just a little bit nervous, I have to say. Is that it for the bad news now? I think so. Can we Arby's move on? still out. Okay. Arby's still out. Is that bad news no, or good, good news? news. <laughs> 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 this is the final basho of his three basho van at, at this place, at this spot in the Banzuke, his Makushita 16. So uh, see you down there. But, yeah, you're right. Let's turn to, to a few nicer things. A few people have had their birthdays. So uh, a big sumo manichi, happy birthday to Wakataga Kage. I don't know if this can get him through his bad time. So on the 6th of December, that was before we heard his news about COVID. He turned 26 uh, and we know he'll be Kyujo at uh, Maegashira too. We had good old Dayamami. He's still uh, still up here in Sekitori. He's Jirio 1. He turned 28 on the 15th of December. Happy birthday, Dayamami. Kai say, well, this was good news when I, uh, when I found it. He turned 34 on the 18th of December, but now we're not sure what's happening with his stable at the moment. So. Yeah, at, at M16, 
this basho. He would yeah. be praying for a rank freeze. Yeah. Hope you're all right, Kai. So we're thinking of you. And did you know that Mitakumi, I feel like I realise this every year, has his birthday on Christmas Day? I did not know he was a Christmas baby. Now, I've got a, uh, I've got something to say about this. You know how I'm always saying that Mitakumi doesn't like to always play with others and he doesn't like to train. I think it all stems from his Christmas Day birthday. I think he always got the one present. He oh was like, God. but it's my birthday as well. Yeah. And he didn't have any attention and everybody was, you know, bringing out Japanese Christmas stuff, whatever you have in Japan for Christmas. Not so much Christmas Not in so Japan. Right, it's, right. it's more of a retail event, I think. <laughs> well, would be everyone the way was to going to it. the shops yep. and he was like, but it's my birthday, it's my birthday. And they're just like, play with your brothers. Yeah. Well, interesting. So Mitakumi turns 28 and he's staring down the barrel of 30 now. Yeah, that's also you know? sad. He's, gonna, he's very close to that absolute pack unit of Rikishi who've just turned 30. Yeah. He's close behind. So happy birthday to Komasubi now, Mitakumi. Little bit of marriage news. There was a uh, a special on NHK about Terunofuji, and there were rumours floating around that he'd had a girlfriend for quite a while. But during the special, we found out that they had got married. Interesting marriage by stealth. Yeah, yeah. I think they tend to do it sometimes because they don't want all the um, reporting about how it's affecting their sumo. Or... Yeah, and you don't want questions about oh, are you going to pop the questions soon? <laughs> He's got to focus on his recovery. Your girlfriend's and... a hottie. She actually is. <laughs> is she? She's really pretty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so sometime during his comeback, uh, maybe in 2019, he uh, popped the question. That long ago? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. so they've been married for a while. We also found out, a little bit sneaky, that Goedo got married in May 2020. Well, <laughs> Why is everyone doing this stealth? Well, I mean, Terana Fuji, I understand that you could count that as stealth, but maybe... Goedo, there just wasn't a lot of media attention around him. <laughs> he's like, guys, yeah, I'll go I got married. married. Look, he's like tr- really trying to obviously <laughs> flash his ring. <laughs> like, hi, guys. And they're like, oh, it's Goedo. It's Goedo. It's, um, well, we can't even remember his new name. Anyway, and he had a, a son who that was born in November. So Congratulations. That is lovely. We really need some good. We're just hanging on every piece of good news. The other piece is that uh, Takiyasu's baby is due very soon. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bit of motivation for you. Bit of motivation. Don't get COVID. <laughs> Please, Takiyasu. We saw his form in the um, training was really good. That was one of my my takeaways from that. That he I'm was really pumped about Takiyasu. Really solid, really strong, and was fit throughout that time. Well, let's jump into karaoke corner. I love it. Our segment where we bring you only the best selection of Rikishi having a sing. So we were listening to a sumo kaboom episode. Yep, check it uh, out if you, you haven't, the most ab- recent episode. Absolutely, we're very big fans. And they were doing a feature on Ikioi. And, you know, we would we count ourselves as big fans of Ikioi as a singer. But they were talking about a TV commercial that he does a song for. And, of course, we were very interested in checking it out. Uh, let's take a listen. <laughs> ありがとう愛してる一人目覚めるとそばに君がいた白い。What do you think of that? I love it. His voice is professional. Yeah, well, I mean, this is one of the things that really struck me is we normally hear Ikioi singing at a Senshu Raku party or, you know, events where it's more of a live performance. Everyone's drunk and yelling in the background. Exactly. But this was Ikioi in the studio. Yes. Holding his headphones, one hand on one side and just loving his own work. Well, it's 100% you've got to check this video out. So it's an ad for an iron, okay. a very old school looking like- iron. A, 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 a flattening, flattens clothes. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Flattens the Hot wrinkles. flattens clothes. Yeah. And I don't do a lot of ironing, can you tell? <laughs> but this ad goes for two and a half minutes. Wow. So we start off with shots of Ikioi singing in a nice yukata in front of some mauve curtains. But then we start to get cutaways of Ikioi doing some training. Oh, right. Yeah, practising yep. his touchy eye, looking very quick off the mark, I've got to say there yes. too. Uh, a bit and then, than at the moment. Yeah, and then we start cutting away to him doing ironing. Right. And this is where the product placement part of the video really kicks off. So we start to hear about the steam function. One of the functions they 
they really highlight about this iron is the fact that you can use it left or right-handed. Right. Is well, that as a, a left-hander, I'll be the judge of that. But I need this iron. There is, they are already. Every iron can be used left and right-handed. Let me think back to when I last used an iron and think about what part of it could not be used. They're, the same, they're symmetrical. They are perfectly symmetrical. And the handle is symmetrical. <laughs> I think that that might be a little little far-fetched. Yeah, but they do go on to tell us uh, the other features of the WL704 iron. <laughs> it's 160ml water tank lets you iron for a very, very long time. Oh, wow. And is there a shot of Ikkyo with, with no top on just like steaming himself? Or ah, wow, no. Emerging through the that's, steam? That's the director's cut version. Yeah, which I would pop that in. I recommend you check out. <laughs> well, let's move on. Um Whenever you talk about the best, the cream of the crop of rikishi singing, Ikiyoi, of course, we're going to talk yep. about him. But I found a video of Takiyasu singing that I wanted to play. This video seems to be shot in a restaurant. Okay. Um, so a very, very different environment. He's drunk just, people in the background. <laughs> drunk people. I think it must be some kind of party. There's a lot of balloons up, lots of pictures of Takiyasu uh, and of the Philippines as well. So pictures of the Philippines, or it looks yeah, like it's in the scenic. Philippines. Well, I can't tell if it's in the Philippines, or but there are like kind of promotional uh, posters for the Philippines. Oh, okay, it could have been a, an event for the uh, for travel or for tourism or something. Who knows? But there's maybe like twelve people there. He's obviously had a big meal. He's just leaning back, singing a song. Wow, his voice is absolutely amazing. Did you hear those sobs? He's oh, got that really down pat, hasn't so he? Much maybe, maybe he got some tips from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so much emotion in that. And, I mean, really, listening to it without seeing the uh, the vision, it sounds fantastic, but he's just chilling in a restaurant. He's just sitting. Is he sitting down? Sitting down sitting at a table. Down. Yeah. Wow, because like he goes up quite high. Yeah. You'd expect that he'd need to sort of expand his lungs out a bit. Oh, he that. was leaning back. You know. <laughs> With a beer in With a beer, hand. yeah. I mean, that, that was a beautiful song as well. I'd like to compliment the backing track, especially that bit right at the end with the... It was fe- something very psychedelic 60s production about that, the, the violin slide down. I Loved wonder it. if he and his wife do, do duets. That I would pay to see. I'll bring it to you next time beautiful. because I've seen a video of it. Really? Yeah. Uh, the last song we're going to play, I'm actually going to play the original recorded version because I think it helps give a little bit of context. We're going to hear a song called Atatakaindara by a band called Kumamushi. The title of the song means Because It's Warm. Here's the original. So a, a very, very beautiful love song released in 2015. What was it called again? It's called Atakain Dakara, which means because it's warm. And the, warm the, in the studio. It's very, very warm <laughs> in the studio. Uh, well, the verse that we played and the verse that we're going to hear is about giving someone some special soup. Oh. Yeah. The original uh, lyrics are about soup. I don't know the context of these lyrics, but... That's my understanding. Maybe it's about when you're sick and you need, you know, the, your loved one brings you soup. It could be. Well, on Valentine's Day 2015, just after this song had come out, the boys from Togitsukaze Beya had a bash at this first verse. <sighs> now, this is five years ago. There are a lot of rikishi here we don't recognise. Let's hear from a couple of those rikishi just to set the scene. <laughs> they are committed to that melody going up high. They love it. They love it. So, yeah, a few people we didn't recognise until 
Shodai turns up. So he's going to do this first with another Rikishi, who I don't know who it is. But they have an interesting idea about harmony. <laughs> Let's take a listen. <laughs> I mean, they kind of pulled it together at the end there. Well, as a miso, I was like, oh, they are singing in harmony. Oh, hang on. No, they're not. Oh, no, they are. They're back in thirds. No, they're not. Yeah. And then that final bit where they get, sing the same notes, I'm like, oh, they're just going for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had big, big uh, dreams with that. So at that point, Shodai was coming off a 7-0 <laughs> You Show win at Makushta 37. Oh, right. So there you go. Five years Filled along with confidence. Time. <laughs> now, as we're starting to wrap this video up, a familiar face pops on the screen, it's Toina Shima. Oh, someone who loves a bit of uh, media action. And he's riding high at Maigashira 4 in 2015 when this was recorded uh, after going 7 and 8 in the January Basho. Oh, yep. He does a little bit of improv talking about how the rikishi from the Heia are going to sing. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Oh, I like that. That was really good. Now, something that whenever they sing the word atakain dakara, they, yeah. they do this weird shimmy with their arms. Yeah. I don't know what that's arms referencing. Something's happening that I don't know about. Uh, and this video finishes with everyone together. Let's oh, take nice. a listen. So good. Very devoted to that. There was someone droning along in the background very, very softly, like oh, there yeah. often is in a, in a choir, just knowing that they're not sure that they can get up there. <laughs> I'll just sing along like this. We should definitely post this video because there's a few that we didn't play that are just amazing. Well, this is maybe a good opportunity to mention that we do have a Twitter uh, and an Instagram and the Facebook we're not on that much. We just put up the episodes, but but um, hop on our Twitter and our Instagram and we'll put this video up because especially the movement that they do, I caught a, a look over your shoulder before the movement that they do when they go up really high is really cute. <laughs> uh, so we will definitely post that. It's Sumo Mainichi, by the way, which means Sumo every day. M-A-I-N-I-C-H-I. And if you do happen to come across some rikishi karaoke or any other musical endeavour, please feel free to send through and we'll feature it on an upcoming yes, episode. Yes, definitely. Well, let's get back into the, the actual sumo that's starting tomorrow, can you believe it, uh, with the day one Torakumi, We'll pick out, pick out a few highlights. There are only, uh, what did we count? 18. 18. So that's um, three off normal, and they've had to bring up Dayamami from Jurio. He'll be the first bout of the day. He'll be fighting Magashira 17, Sadanomi. I've got to say, Dayamami snuck up to Jurio 1 without me paying attention yeah, to it. he's been going all right. He has been going all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes look at what he's been doing, and he's been he's a little nugget, and he's just been doing some okay sumo along the way. Then we have Akisayama. He's uh, Magashira 16 up. He's a... Um, come back to Makuchi for his second time only in his career. He's fighting Amagashira 15 Kotonowaka. What are some other highlights from the Torokumi game? Uh, well, it's good to see Akua going up against his other ex-Jurio rival, Midori Fuji, who is making his debut in the top division. I am looking forward to seeing him fight. Yeah, really, really looking forward to that. The big Ichi Nojo, he's up against Teretsuyoshi. We have uh, Tokoshoryu, who said he's been training hard and, and has uh, come into this in good form and has kind of, he said that the last year has gone really quickly for him because don't forget that there was this Basho last year where he won, uh, where he got the U show. 2020 was one hell of a year. Oh, God. Uh, so I, I think that'll be at the back of his mind yeah. going into this. He's like, could I do it? <laughs> Tobi Zaru at Maegashira oh, 7. I didn't say who Tokushori oh. was up against. Kiribayama. Kiribayama. Yep. Okay. So Tobi Zaru at Maegashira 7 up against Kagiyaki. The luckiest man on the Banzuke, Kagiyaki. Uh, we also have Endo is up against Okonomi. That's a fascinating mm. battle. Um, interesting to see how Endo can go down here. I think this could be a basho for him to do he well. He might slap. Absolutely. Toshinoshin well. is up against Tamawashi. Takiyasu. Komasubi, Takiyasu, he's coming back and his first match is against Onosho. 
no easy beat no. on a given day on Oshaw. No, he could he could move quickly. <laughs> he could. Uh, Tucker Oshaw at Sekiwake will be testing out that knee, and well, I mean, this is potentially his first bout of an Ozeki run yes. up against Tucker Fuji tomorrow. Then Sekiwake Terana Fuji against Kotoshoho, who again is no easy beat. This is his highest rank at Maegashira 3. Uh, he's had an interview too in the um, the last few days. He's very hungry. He is sniffing around. Is he? And he's young. He's the youngest guy um, in Makuchi and he, he's very, very keen. Because I think he's going to hit a wall tomorrow. Right. I think I think this sumo up the top here is on a different level from where he's at right now. Yeah, he could be. I mean, he's big. It's not like he's he's going to um, be totally outmatched body wise, but he doesn't have the experience. Not of, quite of yet, but, Fuji. but this will be a great learning experience for him at Maegashira. I'm three. really looking forward to that. Well, Asanayama up against Daisho, who's in mm. at uh, Maegashira one, I should say. Also, Asanayama. At Ozeki. And for the whole Basho, I'm going to call him much maligned Daisho. Oh, How about that? Who's maligning him? Um, the um, I want names and phone numbers. The Banzuke maligned Oh, okay. Him. The Banzuke Oh, committee. that kind of maligning. Yes. I and coming was... up next is much maligned <laughs> Hokuto Fuji. Well, I think, you know, for these two guys who are absolutely ripped off with the Banzuke, I think this is their chance to prove everyone wrong. And they're going to be fighting at Sanyaku level, or at least bringing that kind of fire to these Exactly, bouts. yeah. So we have Asanayama against Daesho, Hokuto Fuji against Shodai. Final bout of the day. Yeah, Takakesho taking on Mitakumi. Poor old Mitakumi. He had an interview as well, and he said again that issue about him not being able to fight at people um, of his own... Uh, level yes. and how he starts to put his whole force into his uh, bouts against other people in his stable, the the lower ranked guys, and they just like crumble beneath him. <laughs> he can't get any good training. That's so interesting him. to think about. But hopefully he's bringing up a new kind of generation of ricochet who need yes. to get better. Yeah, him. maybe. Oh my gosh, maybe his part in the sport is to facilitate the younger guys. Wow. That's deep. Saint Mitakumi, we love your work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so let's move on to our predictions. It's a bit of a tough one because um, so many people are out and and there's so much, um, what's the word for unsureness? Uncertainty. Uncertainty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, the big question is, can Takakesho do it? I have Shodai down as my actual prediction. It, of course, depends on the ankle. He said uh, he's not that concerned about his Kadavan, which I think is all talk. <laughs> I'd, I'd completely put that out of my mind. Yeah. That he was Kadavan. And Asanayama. Yeah, right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There is still a lot of lot of storylines going on. Yeah, here. but you think Shodai's going to get up? I think Shodai's going to go up, but my fun prediction is Hokuto Fuji. Okay. Now, by not predicting Takakesho, I'm just kind of putting him out of my head. I'm not thinking that he necessarily won't win. I probably think that he will win. Okay. And it's not also not necessarily none of this makes sense. It's also not necessarily that I don't want him to win because I think it'd be super fun for him to be Yokozuna or at least for him to be in the race. Yeah. I, I think this is the test for him. And I think if he can win this, he very much deserves Yokozuna. Even if you just think about the kind of mental pressure There's on him now, 24 years old, 25 years old, both Yokozuna are out. Mm. This is his time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talk about whether uh, this would count. I'm just going to put that to bed right now. It counts. You heard (laughs) it here first. I won't have a bar of it. (laughs) It counts. He's doing good sumo. There's there's its own kind of pressure. You know, he's trying not to get sick. He's trying to train properly when you can't do any training. He's trying to... um, fight back against this pressure of everybody telling him it won't count and he can't do it. Like, it counts. And if he wins, he should be a Yokozuna. Absolutely. Now, for my fun prediction, I'm not going to predict a winner. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is, you know how every Basho seems to turn up a real low-rank person who wins like eight in okay. the first eight days and does really well? Akiseyama. Oh, my gosh. I knew. I just I, felt as he started to say I that. think... He will do really, really well in the first week. Yeah. Yeah. People haven't seen him. I think he's going to be a bit of a mystery. So experienced, so sure in his own body. I think Mm. he'll do really well. Yeah. I don't think there will be a whole heap of pressure on him. And I think he is so experienced. He's done so much sumo. He's come back a couple of times. He's bounced around. He knows what he's doing. He's made a decision to stay in sumo because he, you know, he wants to. And 
and loves it. So I, I'm on board with that. I actually love that as well. I'm also keeping a big eye on Takanosho. I'm very keen to see, number one, whether that injury that might not be an injury is, is something and, well, maybe uh, a little spoiler. Murray has something to say yeah. about this <laughs> this injury that is very controversial. Well, let's bring uh, let's bring Murray on. Let's uh, hear from the man himself. We are so happy, absolutely thrilled to have Murray Johnson with us today on Sumo Mainichi Australians Represent. He's one of the the long-time and extremely experienced NHK English language sumo commentators and a sport commentator over in, in Japan. And he's joined us today from Japan. Murray, thank you so much for being with us. Amy, David, good to be with you. Well, tell us about how you ended up being a sumo commentator for NHK. Tell us the story. Well, you mentioned the sport commentator. I had a bit of a background in Australia before I went to Japan doing Aussie rules, football, cricket, uh, golf on radio, which is obviously an interesting commentary. Uh, Those sorts of things whilst I was working as a a DJ back in the day, uh, then continued to work in radio for a while in management and programming. Sorry, I'm going to have to stop you there. Were you a a music DJ, you mean? Yeah. Fantastic. What kind of music? stuff did you do well whatever whatever was going at the time uh just depending on which radio station i was working for and what prompted that initial move to japan Uh, a wife right (laughs) fair enough (laughs) a good reason so you moved over and then um found a, a way into sport commentary over there i had a house back in perth and i came to japan just to to suss out the employment possibilities my wife didn't want to live in Australia anymore, so we decided we'd check it out. I came to Japan. Uh, my Japanese was nil, so I had to look at areas where I could use my expertise as an announcer and find out where I could go. I'd done news on radio and obviously read on camera back in Australia on TV for a short period of time, about six months. So I pursued that, and NHK was the only area where I could actually get work. And they offered me, I think, three or four different jobs. I had to sit down for five different interviews over two days. Wow. Wow. And uh, they said, okay, we'll notify you within a week. Uh, In that time, I had to fly back to Australia. So, yeah, they said, okay, we've got five different programs for you to do. We'd like you to start as soon as possible. I said, well, (laughs) yeah, when you're freelance, you're not, you, you don't get employed by NHK as an outsider. You you get employed per program, per se. Yeah. Uh, later on, that changed the way they operate. But, yeah, cut a long story short, I, I started on a couple of radio shows, uh, TV, not on camera, but reading the English news on a bilingual setup. Uh, yeah, that, that took a while because I, I had to sell my house in Australia to make the move, and wow. it wasn't a good time to sell houses in Australia. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. And then so, Sumo, was it on your radar at this point? Not at all. Not at all. They, right. When, they, when you uh, present your resume at NHK, they look and they go, oh, sports announcer or newsreader or et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so they, in 1992, they started the English sumo commentary and they were doing the full 15 days. And they started out with three guys on air for the 15 days. And most of them, or all of them, as far as I knew, knew nothing about sumo. So, <laughs> so I listened to those guys on air and I thought, well, I don't want to be a part of that. I, <laughs> I, I thought if, uh, you know, if everyone, someone offered me a job, I, I'd say no. And the following year I was offered a job by the Japanese director and uh, I said, no, look, I'll, I'll go away and learn a bit about the sport for a couple of years, which I did. And in that time they started bringing uh, people who were, were actually experts in the foreign community and sumo onto the program on a regular basis. So these guys mm-hmm. who were the, the three front men got kind of, spread over the 15 days instead of every day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that was 1993. They came back to me in 95 and asked if I was ready, and I said I wasn't. And then in 96 wow. they said, uh, well, we definitely need someone else. So, so I joined in September 96. What was that first day on the, the job like? So you, you'd, you'd obviously prepared and you were uh, way more familiar with the sport and uh, knew a lot of the names and sort of how it worked. What was that first day like? Yeah, I, I guess nervous like any first time when you're trying something that you're not familiar with, especially when you're on air and it's live. 
the the day itself wasn't too bad because it was pretty cushy. In, in those days when I first started, we had a guest, we had a, a floor director, sorry, we had a, a simultaneous uh, with us as well. So any Japanese that we didn't know, they would do the interviews. So basically all I was doing was doing the, the intro of the Rixie, the play-by-play, and the slow-mo replay would go to the guest. Any interviews or uh, mono-e would be uh, would be announced by the simultaneous interpreter. So, yeah, the, the first few years, when I say it was easy, my biggest thing was learning the kimarite, the, the winning techniques. Yeah. And that, We've that got has a poster in our bathroom uh, that we try and learn one every week or something. <laughs> yeah, and and they're up for interpretation as well. But yeah, big uh, time. Uh, and that that has been something I've tried to develop over the, the last thirty years, where twenty uh, odd years. Whereas that's, I'm not really into the cultural side to the point that I ignore it. But it's yeah. not the area that's my area of concentration. Can you pinpoint a moment where everything clicked, you started to understand the action and felt really comfortable being a commentator? I think when I had to do it on my own. Oh, the, yeah. When you're doing the two hours, at, or you've got to do all your prep, of course, but when you do the two hours on your own and uh, simultaneous interpretation is easy if you know the subject and it, the answer or the question mm. is obvious. Often with our link to the to the uh, the Japanese side, we either don't hear the question or we don't hear exactly what the Rixi is saying. So you've got to be very careful to translate and or interpret interpret by saying the wrong thing. Uh, that was the part that I found the most difficult. But mm. the actual the actual play by play, I quite enjoy because I don't have to go to a guest that I don't agree with. <laughs> And there, there well are quite, said, a, yeah. quite a few of those. You're calling the action rather than you're, you're saying something that's happening in front of you rather than having to discuss it. Yeah. Well, I can do both. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you call it live and then you – I do get annoyed by people who say, uh, you know, there's a classic line in Japanese, this is a pen, um, which is obvious, which means, quote, a pen desk, this is a pen. And that's NHK's television is like that. You know, it is raining for a television. <laughs> so a lot of the sumo commentators, a lot of the commentators generally would do a play-by-play by saying he grabs the mawashi or he pushes him down. I mean, the television already is doing that for you. So I, I try to not do that most times. I, I try to be uh, analytical whilst it's happening. Uh, rather than just say it's happening. We absolutely appreciate that about your calling. I wonder whether it's because in Australia we've we've all grown up with an amazing heritage of great sports commentators. Uh, your Bruce McAvaney's, your Drew Morfitt's. How much of that do you think is an Australian thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, I never met Drew Morfitt. Uh, Bruce I know very well and, and I have worked with quite a few legendary commentators over the years in various sports. But I don't know if it is an Australian trait. I think it's the way it's delivered it might be. But, Mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think if you think it's the job that you're going to do, you try to be as prepared as you possibly can. Uh, And I think it's tending to go away from the Bruce McAvaney type of commentator (laughs) because these days the former sportsman is becoming the expert Mm. And, yes. and they don't necessarily always make the best commentators, but I still think you need that link man, yeah. the guy who the guy who is the announcer who didn't necessarily play the sport, but has been following it to the nth degree that he knows it well enough mm. to have an opinion that should be in some ways respected. Well, speaking about following the sport, we uh, during 2020, we've all uh, examined ourselves from the inside and the, the state of the world. What do you think then about the state of, of sumo at the moment? I think they've been quite uh, well managed, which is quite difficult because, you know, you have, you have all these different uh, air inside an organisation that is run by a group of directors who really don't talk to each other very much anyway. So they have these set rules. They'll have a meeting, decide, okay, what are we going to do? And they decide, well, we will do this. And, of course, because it's government, quasi-government operation, they still have to get the confirmation from the government about what they do. And, and I think that, that that applies and has applied to sumo throughout 
the period going back to March last year where... Well, that's interesting. I wondered about that connection because I have seen people say that the government should be providing um, direct regulations for sumo and I thought that that wouldn't be the case, that they would just provide regulations for sport in general, but it seems like they do have a closer connection than that. I Well, they it, they, it is for sport in general, but there is... You know, the, they announced last week that no more than 5,000 people will be uh, allowed into a, a venue, sports venue, or half the capacity uh, if it's less, obviously. But uh, they were going to allow 5,300 this time, and they said they still will after the first two days, which is kind of against what the government is saying. Uh, so they're saying no more than 5,000 for the next month, and the Sumo Association has said they're going to have five for the first two days. and. 5,300 from day three. I think their biggest problem is selling the tickets. Now, tickets have sold well, but because of this added pressure and they've managed to to get through this period up until recently where obviously we had Shibushi's death, which was so tragic with a young man with an underlying condition with diabetes, and that was badly handled, not necessarily by the, the Hayer or the Sumo Association, really by the, the medical authorities that, wouldn't allow him to check into a hospital, but uh, until until mm. uh, after the fact, uh, or until after the fact that he got so sick it was beyond him yeah. being a, a case of a recovery. Now, generally, they've done well. Everyone keeps away from each other, uh, unless you're Abby. But the uh, <laughs> the, the rest of them back. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got another month yet. Well, another tournament anyway. The um, yep. We'll wait and see how it transpires. I mean, obviously, there are more infections across the board in Japan and in Tokyo, and so that will, you know, they're, they're not all saints. They will they will go out somewhere, um, and someone's going to get infected. And, mm, yeah. and they, did, like they a- did say at the opening of the uh, March last year that they would not announce the origins of the transfer of infection that Richie received. So everyone's yes, saying, how did Hako, uh, how did Hakoho get infected? Yeah. Yeah, that was my I, big I question. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not, they're not going to tell you. No. Yeah. No. I mean, it's not a surprise from them, I, I suppose. But uh, it's, it's funny getting because you're saying transparency. Question, I, I think they've done really well, considering yeah. other sports. Uh, I'm involved in horse racing here. and Horse racing has gone on nonstop, mostly without spectators and They've continued to operate. And Sumo has, of course, as you know, introduced spectators and then doubled the amount last tournament, uh, this tournament. So uh, we, we'll see whether that is too many people. Yes, yeah. we sure will. It just does seem like there are a lot of storylines at the moment as well. So how the Rikishi responding to this uncertainty, there's a whole lot of injuries here and there. There's the the storyline around the Yokozuna Um and then there's Takakesho's storyline as well. Um, over the top of all of this uncertainty, I just think it's a it's an interesting time for the sport. Yeah, we uh, in our preview program, which I think goes to air again today, but uh, which is kind of useless considering you know two weeks mm. ago, as far as we knew, the tournament would just go ahead as per we oh, were thinking. Yeah. But and everyone was thinking that both Yokozuna will be there. And today, Kakadu is going to announce that he. <gasps> Will compete or will not oh, compete? Okay. Oh, uh, right. And I think. Oh, I thought you had a, a scoop there. <laughs> no, he, I, I checked just before I came to talk to both of you whether he'd announced anything, but apparently it's going to be this afternoon or oh, late this wow. late this morning. Okay. What's your What is your thought there? My gut feel is he won't. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if Hakoho's not there, and you know, the Yokozuna Deliberation Council is not. Uh, really, an authority at all. It's it's more like a uh, an expression of the public demand on Richie, and yeah. really they they have no say. They can recommend to the Sumo Association, or oh, we think Hakuo should be uh, told to resign. They can recommend that, but the Sumo Association makes the final decision, and they're putting all this pressure on on Kakiru, uh, which I think is a little unwarranted, seeing he's legitimately injured. Uh, yeah. Kisano Sato, you know, he had more than a year and a half off. So, yeah. yeah. And Takano Hana was in the similar position back in his day. So, hmm. I think it won't matter Kakiru too much because now he's got a Japanese citizenship. He, he will resurrect or re resurrect uh, Izutsu Bea. 
Yeah, I can't wait to see him as an Oyakata. I think he'll be really good. I think he'll be a fantastic teacher. Yeah, I agree with that because he's quite, he's in a, I mean, I'm not suggesting all sportsmen are stupid, but he's a very intelligent man. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, he has, his parents are professors and teachers. So uh, he's got all the background of way of, of handling young men who probably would be problematic, yet mm. would be uh, strong enough. And, uh, and uh, of course, he's got the talent to pass on to up and comers. We've been watching sumo for about the last five or six years. And over that time, from our point of view, we feel like sumo is growing in popularity outside of Japan. What's your perspective on that as someone who's been involved in the sport so long? Do you, do you think it is more popular than ever outside of Japan? This particular, well, with my association with it starting, as I said, back in 96. In 92, the only way you could watch sumo overseas originally was through Eurosport. Uh, yeah. when they did it for a couple of years. And when H NHK took it up, it was only through pay-per-view, uh, their TV, which I think was called Premier, NHK Premium or something. Uh, and, and people can still watch it that way, the 15 days. Uh, and the other way now, of course, is through a, a daily digest. And then came along the illegal sites through various aspects operated by people through YouTube and, and other things. But... Uh, YouTube closed quite a few of those down, uh, but then these guys have found other ways to surf that and deliver it to people on certain forums, which is fine. And I, I'm not against that. Uh, if I guess if I owned the company, I'd be angry. But yeah. <laughs> so more people are seeing it, and that that is yeah. that has resulted in more people starting up, as like as you two have, starting up with the Mainichi, uh podcast is that more people are hearing about sumo and or seeing it so they're getting more interest and of course a lot of people are sick of different what we would call western sports and they're, they're tired of it they like the the competitive aspect of sumo without it mm. being uh violent beyond uh, degree uh, a lot of people like different aspects of the sport they like the cultural aspect they like the the idea it's you know from 2,000 years ago, still relived on a dojo. All the, all the passion and, and love for it, I think, is for various reasons. But yeah. it's being embraced by a lot of people. And I don't know if you're aware, but there are people overseas who have far more knowledge about sumo than most people living in Japan. So, well, let's get down to a very important question here. <laughs> who um, are your all-time favorite? Because you might have a few or one person in particular. Yeah, actually, I've never really been into an all-time favourite. I, I do have one now, yeah, uh, and that is that is Hakuho. But yeah, uh, that's probably because I've, you know, enjoyed watching him develop and become the goat. Many people don't mm. like giving people that title because we, generationally we've had so many different champions over the years. Yeah, and and before him, he was the the white cowboy hat. And uh, Asa Shodi was the black cowboy uh, <laughs> yeah. hat. Um, yeah. So when Asa Shodi was around, he was, you know, he was exciting to watch, but he had a bit of an off the dojo, well, and on the dojo attitude problem, which, uh, which Hakuho has since taken over the role. He, he's got that Damayoshi kind of mentality now as well, which probably doesn't sit well with a lot of people. But I still think he's probably the best in terms of, the titles and the way he's won. Some of the former Rikshi disagree with that because, you know, in their day, Akebono, Masashi Maru, Takanohana, Wakano, well, not so much Wakanohana, but across the board, even at the Sekiwake ranks uh, and even at the top of the Joijin, the top Maikashira, when those guys were active, there was some quality talent. Now, maybe the level was, was better. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to compare. But I, in a simple answer to your question, Hako. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you also uh, are really on board with Asaniyama or were. How, how do you feel about him at the moment? And also are there any other um, up-and-comers that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, he seems to have hit a bit of a wall. Um, uh, he's lost a confidence, which yeah. is quite, quite strange to me because he was extremely – and he still talks the talk, but I, he's not walking the walk – I would like to see him get through this tournament without the shoulder problem, and we'll see. We'll take it from there. Uh, I I still believe he was promoted six months earlier, but too early. But anyway, um, yeah. the, he he had the numbers and he got it right. 
Now, the obvious one, and you've probably heard about Hokuseho. Uh, yes, Mon- we have. The Mongolian uh, who, well, Mongolian, but he's brought up in Sapporo mostly in, in his high school days. Uh, he's very exciting and... Unfortunately, it looks like he won't be competing this tournament. Yes, yeah. and I wonder whether that will mean that he won't get that record of uh, the most Jokori's, wins, I think. or most be, or yeah. won't be able to go for it at least. Well, he just totally cancel his record. No, well, if he doesn't, that's not his fault. I mean, this is not a, you know, he's not competing because he can't compete. So yeah, the record run will still be there. Okay, great. Okay, I mean, you look at someone like Hakuo. They, you know, he's got ninety nine tournaments in in his uh, sumo life the top division, but, you know, they never count the ones that don't turn up. It gets added to the list of participations because they're on the Banzuke. Once your mm. name goes on the Banzuke, the tournament is put down as a tournament that you participated in, even though actually you didn't turn up. Uh, Hokuseho, yeah. I think, is the, the top one. It'll be interesting to see how – I hate these guys changing their names to, uh, like, Naya is now Oho. Yeah, yeah Oho, yeah. yep. <laughs> We've got Shohoryu and Oshoryu. Um, yes. Oh, wow. So I'm looking forward to fight them fighting. <laughs> Good luck with that one. We'll be listening out very carefully. <laughs> well, looking at the guys who are in Jurio and Makusta right now, Hokuseho is the most exciting. But Oho, of course, I think he'll develop more so, the grandson of Taiho. Roga, another Mongolian, he looks like he's got a pretty good future. Yeah. And a uh, guy from Onoe Bea Yuko, who I think won the Makusta division last time out. He, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a lot of potential. I think he might be a bit of a slower developer than the others. He's only 22, but I would say the top they're the top four or five. But we have a lot of uh, former university guys coming in, joining Sumo this year. We watched the university championships. We were lucky enough to see them um, broadcast on, on oh, YouTube, really? and that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, well, there are quite a, quite a few foreigners there, as you've seen, who uh, who look like they might get the job done in pro sumo. I'm not sure about the guy that won the overall championships, the Japanese guy. He looks to have a long way to go, but uh, he's not uh, not uncommon for, for him to... I heard uh, that he was planning to take his... Um, to save his position up, so to go back and study and, and then yes. take the position up later. Which means he has to start at the bottom. So... Yeah. Um, and the other guys, uh, like the current ones getting who, like some of the situation is uh, Toby Zaru, um, mm. a Nihon University guy who was a late bloomer, extremely late bloomer, um, who's loved, loved by most people and makes sumo exciting. And I think a lot of these young guys coming up will be very similar. Yeah, and, and it will be interesting to see how someone like Toby Zaru matures uh, at this top rank of sumo. What are your thoughts on Takakesho? Obviously, the conversation at the moment is around a Yokozuna run for him. Do you think he's ready? Uh, he probably is. I I don't... Uh, yeah, this is a 50-50 one with me. I'm either going to be right or wrong, and it probably doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't, I, <laughs> it matters to us. I don't think he will make it. Uh, he, I think he has to make it this tournament. If he gets, right. gets runner-up, uh, he will become a Yokozuna. He, obviously, if he wins it, it'll be Yokozuna as well. But uh, I just, yeah, push a thrusters. It's a tough gig to, yeah, main, yeah. to maintain that level of sumo, uh, you know, like 13 wins all the time. Mm. Now, he looks like he's going to burst before he wins, but you know, he put on another 14 kilos now. I, which worries me because uh, this particular tournament, the official weights won't be in. The, they didn't uh, weigh themselves, or they didn't have the weigh in because they didn't want everyone to congregate. So we don't know whether they've got any shorter or, or heavier. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if they got oh, shorter and heavier, you'd be uh, you'd be a bit worried, wouldn't you? Oh no, no. Trust me, we have had uh, up to six centimeters difference. Wow. It's, almost, it's almost like the guy stood on his toes one one time and wasn't <laughs> And the next one. Yeah, we have wave. noticed Enho's height fluctuating a little bit. Yeah, they, they do these things. Uh, what else uh, do you think we'll see in, in 2021? Do you have any other predictions for the year? Obviously not to do with whether we'll see um, Bashos or not or how the COVID yeah. situation will go. That that lends a, a real uncertainty to it. But but anything else you think uh, we might be looking out for? Yeah, I think the, the excitement of the tournaments will be maintained. The, 
quality of sumo, maybe not. But the once Hakoho goes, and he is the quality, once he goes and Hakoho and, and Kakadu will both retire sometime this year, sooner or later, and after that, you the quality of sumo will be very – there'll be some equality across the board. It's a nice way of putting mm, yeah. it. Yeah. That's In a other words, It'll be a bit of a scrap fight for a yeah. while perhaps. Well, I mean, sumo has become more of a scrap fight anyway because there are more pusher thrusters now than there used to be. Uh, but uh, I look at someone like Takanosho and to a lesser extent Mitakeyumi, who was a pusher thruster and tried to develop his sumo by going to the Moshu, which was effective. But ever since he started doing that and winning a couple of tournaments, you know, it's. He, I think he finds it – well, he always finds training hard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's kind of fallen behind. Uh, so I don't – I hope Takanosho doesn't fall into that same category, but he's the one that kind of interests me in becoming a Mawashi and push a thruster man. And, well, and hopefully the, that – I was going to say, hopefully uh, Takanosho's injury no, he's itself fine. out. No, he's, he's fine. fine. He's fine. Okay. Yeah. Don't believe everything you good read. News. That's good news. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read. Oh, really? Right. That's it's good news because I was I, I've loved watching him rise up through the ranks. Um, yeah, yeah. No, he'll be okay. Hopefully, it's a big year for him. Fantastic, Murray. Thank you so much for being on Sumo Manichi on our little podcast here from Australia about sumo. It's just been so wonderful to talk to someone knowledgeable and uh, who's been in the sport for a long time. And well, I hope you, hope you tune in on day one. Bonus. I will be on day one. Hopefully you'll be tuning in. Oh, we definitely will. We sure we will, will be. I wonder what's going to happen. We, we will absolutely see. Thank you so much, Murray. Okay, guys. Good to talk to you. Murray Johnson, thank you so much again for joining us. That's all we have for you today in this mammoth pre-basho episode. Uh, it's good to be talking sumo again. It's really good. No matter what happens during the uh, the 15 days, we will bring it to you. And we really do wish all the best for everybody involved in the basho. Hope it's all going okay over there. And we will be with you. This is Sumo Manichi. Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah.